The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Hello and welcome to the Mentory TV podcast. I'm Patricia Falco-Bekali, your host. Great to have you with me. Stay curious. That's the tagline of Mentory TV. What do you get here? Awesome conversations with awesome guests talking about their own sector, their own expertise, mentoring us about what they really know deeply and vertically. We speak about spirituality, health, wealth, leadership, and all the other things that are important to us that are today's megatrends. So if you're interested, look and listen. Listen to the podcast and have a look at my YouTube channel called Mentory TV. You find me there. And I hope you do like the upcoming conversation with my guest today. Welcome back to another episode of COVID-19 from crisis to creation here on Mentory TV. I'm Patricia Falco-Beckkali. Well, in today's episode, we are going to take a health angle, a lifestyle angle, a diet angle to COVID-19. And we're going to try to demystify or clarify, perhaps much better to say that way, the link between COVID-19 contraction and death and our immunity system, comorbidity, meaning pre-existing disease, and also our dietary and nutritional choices. And I am so excited to have Dr. Joe Foreman with me from San Diego to discuss and debate exactly that and give us some clarity and hints for uh, protecting our health in future. Dr. Foreman, thanks so much for being with us. My pleasure. Great to be here. Well, Dr. Foreman, before we are launching into uh, that issue, I think we need to really put people into perspective who you really are and your authority as not only a certified physician, but also one of the experts when it comes to nutrition and preventative medicine preventing disease and even reversing disease. Um, you are also a very regular speaker on networks such as CNN and ABC in the US. You've been to the Dr. Oz show, you do TED Talks, you do publish books, over 20. Seven of these are actually New York Times bestsellers. And I could go on and on and on, but just let me tell you one thing, which is for me, Personally speaking, so amazing. You're one of those very few people that I know I can share a fridge with. You are my nutritional guru. So um, that is all about you. The first thing I would like to talk about and kick off with is uh, a book you already published back in 2008 or nine, I think. And it's called Super Immunity. Dr. Foreman, and within that, you talk about how important our immune system really is in order to prevent us from infectious diseases. And let me just quickly give also a quote to our community. You wrote in that book, with health authorities warning about the potential of new flu epidemics and the global spread of viral illnesses, it is vital that we keep our immune system strong and know the steps to take to protect ourselves and our families. Please lay out a little bit the picture of where the link really is of what's happening with this current crisis, COVID-19, contraction and death in our immunity system. 
That's right. And thank you for that, because, you know, we've known this for years that this type of emergency and pandemic could occur because we're all making ourselves cancer prone because we're eating ultra processed foods. We're creating food addictions and the population is becoming overweight all over the world. And we have a um, population of overweight, malnourished people who have excess calories while they're still deficient in micronutrients. And by micronutrients, we're talking about vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals, and antioxidants, particularly the phytochemicals and antioxidants. When we take in empty calories, calories with no micronutrient load, we cause immune suppression and immune system deficiencies, and we inactivate the normal defenses of our immune system so viruses can invade, replicate, change their DNA and become more dangerous, and then evade capture and set up inflammatory, and we call it a cytokine storm in that viruses can set up an, um, pro, a pro-inflammatory state that causes a lot of mucus and, and interferes with breathing problems. And this is occurring in, in an immunosuppressed population. These problems don't occur in people with excellent immune function. And you can only have excellent immune function if your body is well-nourished with this huge spectrum of micronutrients present in the plant kingdom. So what I'm saying here is that green vegetables might be the most protective food for immune function. And using that as an example, without a person who's eating an adequate amount of green vegetables, then we can't expect to have a normal response to a novel virus like Corona, like COVID-19. And I say, you know, we're all trying to keep our hands away from our face, but more important to keep our hands away from our face is keeping junk food out of our hands. Yeah. Because when you eat these foods like fried foods and sweets, you create, you know, a suppressed immune reaction. And of course, we have an overweight population now all over the world that's spread. We're spreading this fast food and processed foods to even to more to countries that just will live, used to live on what they could grow in their backyards. Now they're eating processed foods and becoming overweight. And there's no such thing as a healthy overweight person because excess fat on the body suppresses immune function and creates and spews out inflammatory molecules, reactive oxygen species, cytokines and lipokines, and sets the stage for an excessive cytokine storm in response to um, viral replication. Yeah. So yeah, we got to start with this. We got to change the way our population thinks about it. And if we're not going to change people's health now, when would we do it? This is the time when we got to take action. Well, absolutely. And this book, and there are quite a few books you've written earlier as well, came out already 2008. So if um, especially the Americans in the current situation would have seen and read and lived by what you were saying back in 2008, we're 2020 now, I mean, there would have been perhaps a little bit more of a strength or less of a vicious response uh, in terms of how their body reacted to the attack of COVID-19. And just to juxtapose what you're saying and how you are talking about a more plant-based diet and get um, all the nutrients in a nutrient-dense diet, that juxtaposes very much with the SAD, the standard American diet, right? Is the, is the standard American diet really one that would support the immunity system? Now, the standard American diet is perfectly designed to create an epidemic of cancer, which it has, and the spread of SAD foods and fast foods and commercial baked goods all over the world now have, spread can have raised cancer rates. For example, in areas, let's say, of Thailand that had 
one-hundredth the amount of breast cancer, now their rate of cancer has gone up a thousand percent because they're eating more like us. But as countries start to eat more processed foods, more animal products, more fried foods, more commercial baked goods, their rates of cancers go up. And what I'm saying right now, to be clear, is the same dietary portfolio that protects us against cancer. Those same foods are the ones that protect us against viral invasion and, and an excess inflammatory response to viral replication. So I'm saying right now, it's not one diet to protect against cancer and another diet to protect against COVID-19. The anti-cancer dietary portfolio is the COVID-19 dietary, um, protective dietary portfolio. It's the same protective foods. And our immune system has multiple lines of overlapping defenses that interfere with viral replication and viral invasion and prevent the RNA in a virus from taking a more pathogenic form that can now evade immune system capture. Viruses change form in the body as they're replicating so, they're, so they can evade capture and the immune system is designed when it's working effectively to prevent viruses from replicating that rapidly and that abundantly. So we're talking here about, yes, the size of the viral load we're exposed to plays a role Certainly that plays a role, but the host defenses plays the most important role. And when we have modern, modern, what we know about viruses today, to not touch our hands to our face and to stay away from people so they're not coughing in our face, we're doing things to reduce the viral load already. The only thing we're not doing is, is raising the defenses of the host yeah. because that's because eventually most of us are going to be exposed to this in some way. This virus is not going to suddenly go away. We can lower the you know, we can flatten the curve to have not everybody being exposed at once, but eventually most people are going to eventually be exposed. And those who have the weakest immune system are going to be the people that are most prone to having severe hospitalizations and death from this virus. And we can really prevent human tragedy, not with the social isolation and prevent and flattening the curve. That's just making it let, we can solve some tragedy that way and we can keep it so they're not all getting sick at the same time. But yeah. we really want to have true protection, we have to do it through nutrition and food. So let's break this down. What does it really entail is eating really, really healthfully. Um, how, what do we have to do as a first step? Well, I'd like to give two answers that one is to say, talk about salads and vegetable bean soups and, and big servings of making of green salads. And the second thing, talking about G-bombs, the foods with the most protection against COVID-19. The main meal of the day should be lunch. That should be your largest meal of the day. And the lunch, if possible, should consist of a big salad with a dressing made of nuts and seeds and a bowl of vegetable bean soup or chili or a bean dish with a piece of fresh fruit for dessert. If everybody ate that way across the modern world, we'd see death rates just change their lunch. We would see death rates drop immediately by more than 70% if people change to a salad and bean vegetable bean soup lunch. Um, Okay, the second part of the question has to do with the acronym G-BOMBS, G-B-O-M-B-S, which stands for greens, beans, onions, mushrooms, berries, and seeds. And we could throw a dart at any of those foods and describe exactly how are the anti-cancer and anti-viral effects and anti-cytokine storm from that particular food. You know, just take onions. Well, It's just amazing that onions and scallions show a 50% to 88% reduction of common cancers when people go up to a quarter cup or more a day. It's just amazing the effect of people eating onions and scallions. And that, and is, that is measurable. That is measurable. In your clinic, you've seen that in your studies over the years. 
Yes, there's, some, there's actually several European studies that track the amount of onions people eat and the amount of cancers they get and show a correlation with all types of cancer reduction from people eating more onions in diets. And there's, so we're talking here about thousands of scientific studies that establish the effect of these foods on human immune function. Why is nobody hearing when it comes to people that put out the standard American diet? Why is uh, the FDA not listening to people like you because it is so obvious and the studies are there that, uh, you know, G-bombs, as that example, would really be effective in bombing so many of these viruses attacking us? Why are they not hearing us? We're really the gateway to the pharmaceutical companies. The medical profession really didn't become an educator a source of people could learn lifestyle education of how to live in a healthy manner. That never became the, the job of doctors. And when you go to doctors, you go to doctors at a point in your life when you've already been, been eating unhealthily or living unhealthy for years yeah. and you have some serious disease develop, and it's kind of too late for them to try to unravel the causes. And they haven't become like the Sherlock Holmes detectives of unraveling causes and getting people back to great health again. But I'm, I'm saying that's right. I, so appreciate that. There's also tremendous economic power of the pharmaceutical company, the drug industry, the food industry, the restaurant industry, the processed food industry, and, and, the, and the way the governments are funded with lobbyists and, 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 and the way the media is funded, too, is all the, the people of the economic power. You're not going to make huge amounts of money by getting people to starting to eat kale or broccoli. You know, it's the broccoli manufacturers are not, the broccoli growers are not running our country or supplying us with the spending yeah. billions of dollars to advocate, you know, what they, what should be advocated. But, but let me just say something um, on a different avenue, just for a second, is what I'm saying something um, even more radical than this. I'm saying that not only can we protect ourselves from COVID-19, but we also can reverse the diseases that people presently have, like high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, blockages in your heart, coronary artery disease, Autoimmune conditions like psoriasis, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, asthma, I'm saying fibromyalgia, chronic headaches. I'm saying that nutritional excellence is therapeutically more effective than drugs. And you don't have to give people um, pills that cause cancer that are poisonous to get to reduce symptoms. And uh, let me confront you with a thought just crossed my mind. And that is always the difference between short-term thinking and long-term thinking. You were talking about the cost and alert to the lobby, the pharmaceutical lobby, uh, that is very, very strong, that might have an influence why the standard American diet is still out there, even though the evidence... Uh, is much more supporting um, a, well, a healthy lifestyle based on nutrients rather than looking at calories. But if you look at the cost that this current crisis is going to cost the economy, the healthcare system, not only now, Dr. Furman, but also for the generations to come, talking about job losses, talking about even more inequality, be it in uh, monetary terms, in education, in having access to good food and being able to afford it. That is really the long-term equation that now uh, needs to be started to be calculated because everybody's been saying, okay, perhaps the, uh, the pharmaceutical uh, lobby is strong, they're huge taxpayers, 
whatever, let it run. But now the COVID-19 crisis really is just unfolding in a way where the long-term costs are much more than the potential income for all these years uh, through these pharmaceutical companies making us healthy. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's right that we're hitting the nail right on the head here. This is such an important conversation because, look, people will think to themselves, because people don't think long term at all. They're thinking to themselves, you know, I'll eat pizza and donuts and bagels and hot dogs because, you know what, cancer is going to get me from those foods or I'll get it. But that's going to happen 30, 40 years from now. I'll enjoy myself now. I'll commit suicide with food because I'm not going to see that suicide till decades from now. So it's OK. So I'll worry about that then when it's too late. But with regard to COVID-19 now, it's bring it, it brings it to the forefront because now if you eat that way, you're going to die not 30 years from now, you'll die next year if you eat that way. So if you're going to eat, to, if you're going to be so ignorant and so foolish to sacrifice your future health, it's, that's, that's one thing. But now you're sacrificing your immediate health. Now the same thing we're seeing with you're making the, anal, the analogy to the economic crisis because the same thing, we're doing, we're doing things wrong here and destroying the economy right now. But unless we really recognize the mistakes we're making, we're destroying our economy long term because the COVID-19 is not going to go away right away. New novel viruses will come and will join us in the future, too. And the people shutting down their businesses, who's going to invest now in like people thinking of the opening a restaurant or buying a, or building a cruise ship or starting up? The whole future economy is going to be affected by the by the vulnerability of these businesses to future spread of infections, even when this one does resolve. And unless we, so we've got to, we've got to work together, you know, we're trying to work together to get this message out that, that nutrition, that good nutrition is the key to, to the safety and the economic future of our society. And it should be reading, writing, arithmetic, and nutritional science taught in the school systems. We can't wait till the doctors get a sick patient with cancer to try to fix their nutrition. Yeah. We've got to start training our whole population. And it has to start with the educational system in being to, to rechange the direction we've been heading in. Well, we've always been trying with that little line, an apple a day keeps the doctor away, but it just then finished there because the pizza is so much yummier and convenient. But let me just come uh, back to one thing you just said, Dr. Furman, and that is um, people just want a quick fix. They want to pop a pill, do this, do that, and whatever happened in the past will magically go away. Right. Vaccines, the question of vaccine, and that is such a hot debate right now. Everybody is fighting, perhaps even collaborating together to get a vaccine out against COVID-19 and what there is to come, be it COVID-20, God forbid, etc. But vaccines, is that really the answer? Well, you know, we're, we're trying to flatten the curve right now, but we know that a vaccine that over the next six to 12 months, the amount of people that have been killed already, there's still gonna be just as many people killed from COVID-19 over the next six to 12 months. We're gonna see, you know, still gonna see millions of deaths. And there's no way a vaccine is gonna prevent that quick enough. And it's not gonna ever work 100% anyway, but we're never gonna get a working vaccine that's gonna be safe that quick anyway. Only change, so when people are listening to our talk right now, they can take action immediately that may save their life. They can't just do it nothing and wait for a vaccine. And, and then, like you're just saying, the time that vaccine is out there, then the virus could mutate to a new and more dangerous form in the next few years, making it invalid again. And you'd have to wait another few years for the next vaccine. The point is, it's just like the flu virus has changed from year to year, and they try to keep up with it and change the vaccine, but that's only moderate, that's only very partially effective. And still people are, you know, so, 
we're not going to win on this until we wake up and start protecting our health. And why not? Let's win the war on cancer in the process. You know, who, you know, you know, it's too right. People, they don't like the answer. We found the answer to winning the war. I always say we've landed the man on the moon already. And what I mean by that is we already know that the way to protect against cancer is eating lots of vegetables. But people don't like that term, eating lots of vegetables. They want a magic pill so they can still smoke cigarettes and not get lung cancer or eat hot dogs and, you know, and pizza and not get breast cancer. But that's a fairy tale world. It's never going to happen. And the fairy tale world that people believe, believe in, the most... The biggest religion in the modern world today is this religion that modern medicine has all the answers and you can just take a pill to have good health. And it makes it appear that way, but we're not, we still have 70% of our population over the age of 65 dying of heart attacks and strokes. Yeah. We still have the same rates of cancer and the same, you know, we still have the same, we're not extending human lifespan, producing dementia, getting people out of nursing homes. We're not, the medical profession, Obviously, and I'm obviously a board-certified family physician, but we know the limitations of what we can and cannot do. And the doctors cannot do what nutritional excellence can do. And the, the idea that, doc, that people think doctors can help, the answer to save us from our health conditions, that's just a, that's just a fairy tale. The, yep. the battery in the flashlight keeps its charge well when the, batter, when the flashlight's turned off. Yep. And when you don't have inflammation from eating a high level of vegetables and then you're gonna. Then when you do get a reaction like an infection, then your your body's gonna react in a, um, with strength, with the right amount with the right amount of reaction, and it's not gonna overreact and cause too much inflammation that can cause your lungs to fill up with fluid. Your body has the ability to control the inflammatory response appropriately, but only when it's well nourished, not when it's deficient. Yes, because what we're seeing right now, uh, Dr. Foreman, what I always call it, we are we are having the starving obese. So from the outside, everybody, <laughs> you know, everybody sees just okay. He must have a lot of food. But yeah, we call not... it the malnourished ob obese or the malnourished overweight. Exactly. Yes, and nutritarian—that is the word that you coined. Nutritarian diet is exactly that. That might be calorically speaking uh, a lot less, but in terms of what it gives you, uh, the buck you get for your calorie, as you say in your books, is just so much higher. Now, you also mentioned something right now, and I would like to hook on that one, Dr. Furman. And you said, well, if the torch is off for a moment, then the body kind of calms down and then is strong if it needs to respond rather than always having to fight inflammation in the body being kind of half exhausted and then oh my god COVID-19 comes right. and that is fasting where do you put um, fasting in that entire equation of your way of building the immunity system is it a good idea there's so many let's say um, mysteries around fasting Well, I think urgently right now how people can employ that concept and make it work in their favor urgently is that they could start skipping some dinners or at least eating dinner earlier. Because here's what I'm saying, is that going to sleep at night on a full stomach of food suppresses your lifespan, suppresses your immunity, and increases your rate of getting cancer. In the Women's Healthy Eating and Living Study, the WHEEL study, they found that women who had a 13-hour window between the end of dinner and the start of breakfast, immediately had a 36% lower risk of dying of breast cancer. They didn't even change what they ate. They just tried to shift their dinner to an earlier time. But we know that during sleep, when your body repairs and heals itself and recovers mostly and removes oxidate, um, reactive oxygen species during sleep, that that doesn't, effective, that doesn't take place as effectively when you're digesting food simultaneously while sleeping. 
You get more protection from sleep and rest when your body is not digesting food. We're trying to get people to stack their calories earlier in the day and eat lighter or not at all at night. If you can't eat you know, four or five hours before bedtime, then just have an apple or a piece or a carrot or a little salad. In other words, don't eat a heavy meal at bedtime. And that's the way we can all immediately incorporate the benefits of intermittent fasting into our diet. I'm trying myself right now to try to eat a lighter dinner and to not go to bed in a full stomach. And last night, I think I ate too late or too big a dinner and I felt some digestion going on. I felt some food in my stomach um, last night as I was going to sleep. And I'm saying to myself, I still overate a little bit at dinner. I got to eat a, eat a full lunch and eat a little lighter at night because we want to incorporate this into our regular everyday lifestyle to try to go to bed on an empty stomach. And I love the fact, Dr. Furman, that you as the expert, having lived that lifestyle for so many years already, because your parents were very healthy, as far as I gathered uh, from, from your background, um, is talking about it. Me personally, I, I have a fasting window anywhere between 16, sometimes even 18 hours, almost daily. Um, I try to fast once a week, uh, 24 hours, and I find I am uh, so much better in terms of brain clarity. <laughs> um, well, most of the time. Um, and uh, yeah, and just everything functions. And yes, if I go to bed, having eaten a heavy meal late, perhaps also the wrong food for me and my body personally, uh, for example, meat late at night, I sleep like a stone. I might sleep 10 hours. It's that food coma. But do I get up after 10 hours going like, oh my God, I had 10 hours of sleep. This is fantastic. Let's just go ahead and charge. I'm like, no, this is, you know, it's an exhaustion. I feel my body was exhausted to somehow get rid of whatever I consumed just before going to bed. Um, the, you know, the body most effectively heals and repairs itself in the non-feeding state. It takes in food and it builds, builds up, and we need to do that. But the period where we're not taking in food and we're breaking down and healing and repairing things is just as important. And many people in the modern world are eating all the time, all day long, up to late at night, and they don't give the body that, that digestive rest it needs to really repair itself. And of course, what I'm saying right now, too, is that when you eat these unhealthy food, it makes you into a calorie-consuming monster. Unless you focus on getting nutrients in, people feel shaky and weak and sick in the non-feeding and non-digestive state. And they can't do what you can do and what I can do, which means skip a meal, go to bed early, eat dinner earlier. They feel too ill if they do that. They think they can't do that. They're hypoglycemic. They need to eat all the time. And what we're saying right now is they're not going to succeed unless they start to tweak up the nutritional quality of what they're eating. When they try to cut back on calories willy-nilly, They're going to feel too shaky and weak and headachy and uncomfortable until they start to improve the quality of what they're eating. Then you naturally desire less calories and you naturally will feel better with the right amount of calories. Yep. And also your taste buds will improve too, the less when you, and you'll eat and you'll enjoy what you're eating more. You yep. know, I, I've spent my career not just creating this protocol that we're talking about, but also showing people how it can taste great and how, and it's not about saying, because people could be listening and they could say, You know, um, yeah, I'd rather be dead right now if I have to eat like that. You know, eat vegetables, whatever. But my know. husband has that uh, has that uh, kind of tendency. Definitely. Right now, if I'll die right now, I have to give up my hot dogs and pizza and bacon. You know, whatever. But the point is, is that us nutritarians, our taste buds get stronger. We love what we're eating. 
And I've had these decades creating these incredible recipes. And I also have help from like nutritarians, from chefs around the world to contribute incredible, great recipes. So we're talking here about making a, a healthy diet taste fantastic. There's no reason not to do this. Yes. So let's just try to close the circle here on our conversation, Dr. Furman, if I may. Um, and then I'm going to try something that I've never done before in a recording, which is I'm going to um, share a uh, my screen with you and uh, with the community and let's see your reaction. So to close the circle on COVID-19 and the link to what we are talking about, mainly how to improve immunity through the way we eat, through our uh, nutritional choices and lifestyle. What would you say are the three mo most important takeaways right now and actions people can engage in right now as of even tonight, even if it means fasting, <laughs> in order to really build up that immunity system that uh, viruses will be more protected against them? Well, I have to say that I don't expect this discussion to be the, all the information they need to know. To, you know they, this should motivate them to try to learn more. Agreed. And, you know, so I want them to become more nutritional experts and learn about how, how they can protect themselves against disease and even reverse disease. So I, I'd love to, it sounds self-promotion, but I'd love them to read one of my books and to become more of a nutritional expert. And my most recent book is Eat for Life. And that's what I want them to do or come to my website, read, learn more about it, learn more about nutrition, start to get in, in educated. Now, as far as the practical application, the practical application is start to have, to, to incorporate G-bombs in your life and make mushroom vegetable dishes, make a wok to mix vegetable at dinner where you wok it in water and put a, a healthy sauce on top, but use the mushrooms and onions and the cruciferous greens in the wok. We're talking about cruciferous greens means broccoli, cabbage, bok choy, you know, other, because we're trying to eat these not overcooked, but walking them or blanching them so they're partially cooked, so they still maintain those enzymes or putting them raw on a salad. So I want people to have multiple servings of these a day, where once a day they're having them raw in a salad, and then another part of the day at a different meal, they're having some of these vegetables cooked into a mixed vegetable dish and having maybe a soup with onions and mushrooms, vegetables in it, and maybe some um, vegetable juices as well. So we're talking about salads, vegetable bean soups, and mixed vegetable dishes. And I'm saying make your lunch a healthy meal. Breakfast is easy to eat, to eat something like, you know, oats and berries and seeds and, and you know, an almond or hemp milk. Breakfast is not that hard to eat healthy. Lunch is a main meal that takes some planning to make the salad dressings in advance, to make a big pot of soup on the weekend. And then dinners could be something lighter. This is not that hard to do. We have all the menus and, and, and great recipes available for people. So I want people to learn more. I want them to make it fun. I want them to get their families together, discuss this as a family unit. We always say, put the oxygen mask on yourself first, get in great health, reach out and help others after you take care of your health first. So you can be a role model and then you have the superpowers that you'll have to be protected and to be helping other people and spread a, a message of hope and health to your community. Yeah. And and, so and me, appreciate the wonderful work you're doing like this. Yes. Thank you. Well, let me, let me just ask in that equation, you were just saying, where does alcohol feature? Well, alcohol is a mild carcinogen and it's a stimulating and it's a food that, that, that gets people hooked or promotes addictive type behavior. And I'm saying that fast food and processed food and sweets as a child become a gateway drug because it makes you dopamine insensitive 
and makes you crave brain stimulation. So they become, so junk food becomes the gateway drug to alcoholism and drug addiction. And there's a link now between eating candy and processed foods with not just depression and emotional and mental disorders, but also with drug use as an adult and violent criminal behavior and, vi and anger and being arrested for violent crimes. What I'm saying is food affects your personality and it affects your, and, and it makes you unhappy. It makes you less productive as a person, less caring, less giving, less being able to be useful to humanity and less, being, and less feeling good about yourself. So because food makes you, when you become an addict and, and processed foods become highly addicting and people have trouble making this change because they're addicted to their junk food and they, they need that period of abstinence where they can get away from that because they might feel ill for a couple of days trying to get away from those foods. And they, but because of that, it makes them driven to meet their need for stimulation and they can't do the other things that are so important in their, their life and they can't be the full person they were meant to be. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's, uh, it is so fundamental what you're saying. And, uh, you know, the, the way, for example, also dementia is developing, there right. is a, or um, ADHD, for example, there is such a link between uh, the nutrition and the type of foods we eat and that kind of development. Now, let me, uh, in terms of uh, our conversation, let me share a screen with you. And I would like to sure. ask you a question, if I may, Dr. Furman. I've never done this, so this is going to be um, interesting. So I'm going to share right now. Can you, can you see it? Yes, I see uh, you. What do these two ladies have in common, you think? I think that they may be the same age. Absolutely. Well, there's the expert talking, but of course, it was a bit of a leading question. So both of these ladies are 80 years old, talking about longevity and whether it is really... Yay! <laughs> I'm not going to start showing my abs. <laughs> that would be like you're risking a divorce. <laughs> I'm only 66, but at least I still you know, have the abs and the muscles. Oh, go for it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But this is exactly the epitome when I look um, at, at where do I want to go? Why would I want to have longevity if longevity means being demented or bedridden or not being able to go on my walks or laugh or yeah, share perhaps some insight into my domain? Then why should I you know, hit 100 or 110? But this is exactly it. Only part of how we end up, and you are again the expert there, Dr. Furman, is due to our DNA, and the rest really is quite manipulable, right? Absolutely. That's, I think that you've hit that on the nail with like, why do I want to eat so healthfully all the time? Because I love life, and I love living, and I love you know, you know, people and, and doing things and working, but also I like skiing, mogul skiing, and I like playing volleyball, and I like swimming and surfing and playing singles tennis, and I do what I'm mountain climbing. I do all these things when I was my I like being in my 60s and in my 70s and being able to still enjoy life. And who wants to be sitting in a, on a couch watching television all the time? You want to be doing things and enjoying your life. And, and in other words, um, let's, we have a unique opportunity in human history right now because nutritional science has made such incredible advances where we can give people this power to control their health destiny and not have, be cut, and not have their life ruined by medical and health tragedies. And why not take advantage of this? I so agree with you. Dr. Foreman, 
Thank you so much for sharing your insight. This is what Mentorate TV is all about, you know. You live it, and if you share it, you mentor it uh, to other people, spread the word, and it is so fundamental. If I think that if people would have seen and read and followed your book back in 2008 um, about how to re-go about becoming stronger from the inside through immunity system, fed literally fed by the way we go about our shopping and then cooking or not cooking and then eating perhaps um you know survival rate would have been a bit higher thank you so much what is it you really want in life no matter what you've been through you can still achieve it i'm sandra ann taylor and in my energy activation podcast we'll explore the science of manifestation and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.